Okay, let's start our discussion of Parshas Lechacha, Tavshin Ayin Aleph. Start off with a uh, short thought, small thought from the Maral Diskin. I think we might have mentioned this at some point in the past, but uh, Maral Diskin says, if you look at the end, of, towards the end of the Parsha, in Perak Tezayin, Pasuk Yudbeis, towards the second half of the Parsha, Perak Tezayin, Pasuk Yudbeis, finally Sarah has a child, and Vayomer, or at least he, she's foretold that she will have a child. Vayomer la Malach Hashem, Hinachara v'Yilad Bein v'Karash Shemo Yishmael, Kishama Hashem al Anyeh. Yishmael and Yitzchak are born. The first Yishmael is going to be born. V'Hu Yie Pere Adam, Yado Bakol v'Yad Kobo. He will be a Pere Adam. What exactly does that mean, Pere Adam? We usually translate it to be a, a wild man, a Pere Adam. But if you think about it, says the Maharal Diskin, usually what we have in the Torah is the noun and then the adjective. Yelatov. Right, he's a good boy. Yelatov. Yafa, A nice lady. Right? They usually have the noun and then you have the adjective. And here, it's paradam. Should be adam prai. And yet, it's not adam prai, it's paradam. Says the Maral Diskin in source number one, the Tachen Lomar on line six, Shekan Ramaz Remez, Shei Karo Yihiye Pere, Vishem Adam Yihiye Tafel, it's called Vishem Pere. Really, says the Maral Diskin, it's Beduik, it's like it's supposed to be. Pere Adam, it's Pere, that's the, he's a Pere, a little Adam related to it. He's a Pere, little Adam. But, but at, at roots, um, this type of being was a parrot, wasn't an Adam. That's why Dafka, the Torah, says it in the opposite way. Just to, to pick, up, pick up on that is, uh, is already amazing, but that's his, his shot in the, in the one line. Okay, let's get back to the beginning of the parsha. So we know Lech Lecha, Me'artzacha, Avram Avinu comes onto the national stage. We've discussed in the past, a couple years ago, this is the first time, oh, Baruch Hashem, I should remember, this is the anniversary of the start of our shir. This is the third parsha of Lech Lecha that we are, that we are doing. So I could say two years ago, I think we discussed the difference between how Avraham is introduced to us and how Noah is introduced to us. But, in the first passage we have, Go to the land which I will show you. Rashi tells us, a few Rashis on the passage. Let's go to the last Rashi. Asher Arecha says Rashi, Hashem told him, leave to the place that I will show you. He does not say where he will show him. Logila loharetz miyad. Why? Why don't you just tell him? You're going to Eretz Canaan. Kedei lechabava be'enav. To make it beloved in his eyes. V'lasis lo schara kol dibur v'dibur. To give him reward for following each dibur, even though he didn't know exactly where where he was going. Says the Maharal on the Rashi, in the Gur Arya, I gave it to you quoted in source number two. Top line. Bir in yinzek hasav ma'arav zel shono. When something is hidden, when something is, we can't get to it. It's hard, it's, by definition, it makes it more special. Whenever something is cordoned off, whenever something is beyond our reach, if there's a fence, I have to know what's behind the fence. If I can't see something, you have to know, there must be something special and unique. If God didn't tell me, what is it? Where is it? I desire. He doesn't know what God wants from him. That's why every time Hashem speaks to him many times, he gets schar and it becomes beloved. And that's the same thing we have in next week's parasha. The Akedah, Kachna, Binchas, Yechidcha, 
and he does not tell. He is not told what he's supposed to do. He's not told to which mountain he's going to because he wants to make it beloved. That is the Maharal just expanding a little bit on the Rashi. Rabbi Simon in the Sefer in the Imre Baruch, he says maybe it's specific by Lech Lecha. And it's not just by all mitzvahs. Specifically by Lech Lecha, says the Imre Baruch in source number two, Venir Lahosif, Shakarish Baruchu, Ratzala Hatzbiya, Bazea Yacha, Shel Chavivus, Klape Eretz Yisrael, Betoch Libam, Shel Kla Yisrael. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is putting into, putting into the Jew a special quality of belovedness for the land. That's a prerequisite for going into Eretz Yisrael. A prerequisite for the first Oleh is the feeling of love for Eretz Yisrael. That's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu was doing with Avram Avinu. Just not just Chavivus for a mitzvah, but Chavivus related to Eretz Yisrael specifically. L'chein kasher amad avam avinu l'avol l'rishon l'Eretz Yisrael asa zos HaKadosh Baruch Hu b'matzav shal i'yadiyah Hashem didn't tell him k'day l'chabav v'be'enav in order to make it beloved in his heart. U'k'day sh'al y'day zeh yushrash b'nafsho b'nefesh zaro chavivus l'Eretz HaKodesh. That original, this pasuk of lech l'cha el ha'aretz asher ha'eka implanted forevermore in every Jew the love and the connection and the deep feelings we have for Eretz Yisrael. We've mentioned in the past, a couple of years ago, Rav Chaim Yivalajan's thought that in, Pirke, in, in the Mishnah, in Pirkei Avos, that talks about the ten tests of Avram Avinu, he's called specifically Avram Avinu, because every test he implanted in his descendants, he put into the DNA the ability to pass the tests and to have the same feelings in fulfilling those tests. One of them, of course, was Lech Lecha. So that's what Rabbi Simon says. It was not just a general Chavivus Mitzvah, but it was specifically to go into Eretz Yisrael. And that's what he expands upon as well in the next paragraph. Why Dafka was this needed? Because Eretz Yisrael is a special gift that Kodesh Baruch Hu gave to Am Yisrael. And we need to have this feeling of love, this feeling of belovedness, before we go in. This idea as well, the connection, the Chavivus of Eretz Yisrael to Avram Avinu is reflected or hinted to in a Pasuk according to Rabbi David Feinstein. Pasuk says, let's go to the Pasuk, Perak Yud Beis, Pasuk Yud Aleph. There was a famine. Avram gets to Eretz Yisrael and Avram said, Hashem says, it's unbelievable. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be a great land. You're going to have brachas there. Your children are going to prosper there. Avram gets there. Wonderful. And he get he planted his tent, and immediately, no food. Great promise, God. Avram does not say a word, but it's pikuach nefesh. Does not complain. He goes down to Mitzrayim because the famine was heavy. When he comes close to Mitzrayim, he says to his Sarai, I know that you are Yifas Mar'eh, so he makes up the whole charade that's going to occur in Mitzrayim. We, I translated that Pasuk as Vahi Kasher Hikriv Lamo Mitzrayim as he comes close to Mitzrayim. But it should have said Vahi Kasher Karav Lavo Mitzrayim. Why Lashon Hifel? What is Hikriv? Kasher Hikriv Lavo Mitzrayim. So Rashi does not comment. The Svarno in Surah number 3 says maybe it's just Hikriv as we know causing somebody to come close. He caused Sarah to come close. Hikriv, really, you're missing a word. Hikriv, Sarah, Lavo Mitzrayimah. 
That's who Avram was makriv her, brought her close. Karav leis atzarah patishkach. That's how Rabbi Kuberman in the footnotes understands the cryptic svarno in source in source number three. Rabbi David Feinstein suggests something else because we have another hikriv in the Torah. We have another hikriv. Right before we come to Kriyas Yamsuf and the Egyptians are coming close to Am Yisrael and they are surrounded, there's another hikriv. What does Rashi say there? Let's read the words of Rabbi David Feinstein in source number four in his sefer called Doldi Yala Torah. The word is also used in Parshish B'Shalach to describe how power approached the Jews at the Sea of Reeds. In explaining what power brought close, Rashi comments there. Sarah Ian, it's unclear why Rashi does not comment here on the Pasik, but Rashi at there comments why, what Paro was Hikriv. It says Paro Hikriv to B'nai Yisrael. Can't find the Rashi right now inside, but let's uh, read it from him. Rashi comments that this unusual form indicates that Paro pushed himself to be at the forefront of the Egyptians' attack on the Jews, even though he was afraid, even though he had some feelings of the Makos, didn't happen too long ago, Makos Bechoros, but Hikriv, he caused himself he forced himself to overcome the feelings that he had and do what he had to do. That's Hikriv in Parshas B'Shalach. Suggestor of David Feinstein, maybe this, if you use that Rashi over there, maybe we could have a deeper understanding of who Avram was Hikriv. This suggests that in our narrative also, Avraham had to push himself to overcome something. In the preceding verse, Rashi points out that Hashem brought famine only on the land of Canaan and nowhere else. Rashi goes by Hirav Ba'aretz. There was only a famine in Eretz Canaan. There was no famine anywhere else. It was part of the, one of the Nisyonos. So what did Avraham feel when he had to leave Mitzrayim? Turning the page. Hashem had told Avraham to leave his home and go to a foreign land, promising to give him the land of Canaan and make him wealthy in it. But soon after he arrived, there was a famine. What was the Nisayon? Would he jump at the opportunity to leave a country which did not live up to his expectations in spite of Hashem's promises? Or would he be reluctant to forsake the land that Hashem had told him would be his and whose spiritual superiority he had surely already recognized? Abram was going to have to leave. But how was he going to leave? That was the Nisayan. Of course you have to leave. But how are you going to leave? Were you going to leave easily? Awesome. I don't have to be here anymore. Or, I really don't want to leave. This is such an amazing land. It's so spiritual. It so connects me to God. But there's a famine, so I have to leave. Kasher Hikriv, Avram. Avram was Hikriv. According to Rashi, Shalak put here, he had to overcome internal feelings. What internal feelings? The internal feelings of Chavivus, Teret Yisrael, that had been implanted in him from Ela Aretz Ashar Eka. That's what he had to overcome. Avram resisted going to Egypt every step of the way. Hashem told him that his place was in Canaan and he put off leaving as long as it was possible to survive there. And when he finally reached the point when there was no choice, he still had to push himself to leave. We see then how great was Avram's love for the land that Hashem had promised him and how strong was his desire to do Hashem's wishes. To be, we are all, B'nai Avram Avinu, every year, Parshas Lech Lecha, we have to make sure that we deepen our feelings of love wherever we live in the world. Our recognition that Eretz Yisrael is God's land, it's the land that he chose for all Jews to be in. We daven for the day that all Jews are, but we have to recognize the fact that this is the land 
And we need to love this land more than anywhere else in the world. Okay. Moving on. Parakid Bays. Parakid Bays. Pasuk. Hey. Fifth Pasuk in the Parsha. So Avram gets ready to go. He gets the promises from God. Avram takes his wife. And his nephew. And all the rechush. All of the assets that they had had, that they had, and all of the souls that they had made in Haran, Chazal already pick up on that unusual language. How do you make a soul? If you convert them, if you teach them, that's making a soul. But if I teach somebody, the Gemara says, they went out to come to Eretz Canaan, and they came to Eretz Canaan. What exactly is the Chiddush of the last three words of that pasuk? They went to go to Canaan. Right, so you can just go to Pasuk Vav. They have Avram Baaretz, I'm a Kom Shechem, they come, they're in Shechem, Elon Moreh. So what are the last three words? They went to go to Eretz Canaan, and they come to Eretz Canaan. What's the message? Three ideas in the eyes of the Mepharshim. What exactly is the message of those last three? They went, and they came. Says the Chavetz Chaim, a terse, a short comment, but on the mark. Avram Avinu, all of Shalom, says the Chavetz Chaim, What's the emphasis? It's in contrast to those who started and didn't make it. For those who thought that it was maybe a nice project, but they didn't follow through. What does it say at the end of Parshas Noach? Terach also was going. What happened to Charan? Charan is the epitome. Charan is the symbol of unfinished projects. Charan is the symbol of, let me start something and not finish it. I'm going to Eretz Canaan, and I come to Charan, and I stop. A person has to go and follow the ways of Abraham, meaning, if you want to go to Eretz Canaan, you got to go. If the plans are to go to Eretz Canaan, you come to Eretz Canaan. Whatever the plan is, if we make plans, as we get more distant from the Yomim Norayim, as we get into Tkufas, right, Cheshven, Kislev, Teves, says the Chafetz Chaim, we have to follow, follow up on our, on our plans that we had and the plans that we have. And that's what he says in the footnotes, in the Masih Lamelech, in the footnotes on the Chavetz Chaim, he says, The Chavetz Chaim always used to say, If you're ever in the middle of a project, just do it. Don't stop. We can't take breaks. We're in the middle of something, do it. Because whenever there's a break, What if I have to stop? I have to do something in the middle? Whenever I'm finished, go back to it. If I start a project, I need to finish it. We can't do anything in between. They follow through. We mentioned the same exact idea last year in the name of Rav Palm. Why there are parshios vayakal and pakude? Why do those parshios exist? Shumat are fine. What's the difference between Shuman and So we mentioned last year, Parshas Vayakel, two years ago maybe. Shuman 
are the commands. Do this, do this, do this, do this. What does it say over and over again? And they did it. And they did it, and they did it, and they did it, and they did it. That, that is a chiddush. Because how many times are plans left unfulfilled? Shot number one. They came. Number two. Second idea. From Revisan Alpert. Limude Nisim. Source number two. He has the same question. What exactly is meant? So he can also contrast it to Terach, but in a different way. Eitzel Terach Kasava, line three. Vayikach Terach, vayyetzumi itam meur kastim olechaz atzakanan. They went out from Ur Kastim to go. Vayavoh acharm vayishvusham. Pirich. Says Limudi Nisad, let's think about Terach and Avra. Pirish, lif amim, ozeva damas arzal alechas laris acheres. Sometimes somebody leaves their land, lo mipne yikras haaretz shebalasham, not because they're so excited to go where they are going, ella livroach mehatsaros vahapakaim shepagu baberes moshato, because it's bad where I am. I have to leave. I can't stay here anymore, so I have to leave. So sometimes when I go somewhere, it's because I can't stay where I am. Ulifamim, but sometimes it's the opposite. I go somewhere else. Not because there's anything negative about where I live. It's fine where I am. But for the love of the land that he is going to. That's the difference here. And that's the emphasis. What's the difference between Terach going to Eretz Canaan? And Abraham's going. The Torah says it. But Terach, what does it say by Terach? What does it mean? He went out from Ur Kazdim to go. Ur Kazdim is not just a geographical place, it's a reason why he's leaving. Terach was an idol was a, was an idol salesman. Imagine his son went and destroyed all the idols. His son was thrown into the fiery furnace and proved everybody wrong. Terach was run out of town. He had to leave. Terak's purpose was to leave. And you know what? If your purpose is just leaving, then you're probably not going to get to the place you start out going because that's not your purpose in going. That's why he didn't get to his purpose. When he found a good place, this is great. This is wonderful. This is a good stopping ground because it's not that I need to go there. I just need to get out of here. So whenever I find a place that's comfortable, that's fine. Avram Avinu, what was his purpose? His purpose was Eretz Kanaan. His purpose was Eretz Yisrael. What does it say in our Pasuk? That's the reason. That's not telling us, just like by Terah, he left New York Kazdim to go to Eretz Kanaan. Avram went, that was his purpose. And that's That's how he was able to fulfill the fulfill the way the uh, path and fulfill the plan that he had started. Again, fits in with the Chafetz Chaim, but gives it a little 
little uh, twist that the Torah tells us exactly what the reasons were and what the purposes were uh, of these two great um, of these two biblical figures, one going in a great path, following and Tarak leaving uh, Orkast. Finally, one other thought. Lumudinisa continues, you can look at it, but we'll go on to the Chassam Sofer. So the Chassam Sofer in source number four, we haven't really done much of the Chassam Sofer al Torah, so this will be a new beginning. Says the Chassam Sofer in Pasha's Lechlechab right here, Yes, our question, it appears double. Vigam, he also points out, Kiknan Harishon Bepatach, Vahasheni Bekamats, Liotsov Pasuk. When we read the Pasuk, as we know from Bali Kriya, at the end of a Pasuk, or when one gets to an Asnachta, in the middle of a, of a Pasuk, a Patach changes to a Kamats. So the Pasuk is read, Vayetu Lechatz Artsa Kinnaan, Vayavo Artsa Kinnaan. Some so for wonders, is there any remez, any hint, any message for us that one is read Kinnaan and one is read Kinnaan? And he went to Kinnaan first and he came to Kinnaan? Is there any message for us? Mikom makom yireh to Balarami's midi. Says the Chazam Sofer, I think it's hinting to something. Says the Ramban, v'huki kasav Ramban. Hakadosh Baruch Hu lo amar Avram Avinu ana yilech. As we noted before, Hashem didn't tell Avram where he was going. Ela ela aretz asher haraka to the place where he was. I will show you. V'hu kivein ba'atzmo lo lechaz aretzokanan. How did Avram know which direction to go in? How do you know? He had a feeling. He felt he knew this was a ruchani place, and he figured that's where God wants me to go. The Rabban says God didn't tell him, but that's what he intuited. That's what Avram Avinu thought. The land which is so sanctified, our land. The Torah tells us later on, this land cannot stand chotim. It cannot stand people who don't follow the Torah. Says in Achlemos, the land will spit out those who don't follow its statutes. And it's fitting, it would have been fitting that those in the land, Avraham thought, would be on the highest levels. Would be people who were away, Nasuavon, they, they were not. They were away from sin. Avraham thought he would come and find a whole land of Lamed Vav Sadiqim. That's what he thought he would find. That was what he intuited from Hashem's Tzivoy. That's why he headed in that direction. And that's what he thought he would find. But line 10, it was not the case. Who was in this land? The Canaanites were there, Meshukats and Mesuah, in their disgusting and abominable actions, full of all the Avodazara. So what happened? How can it be? Says the Chassam Sofer, if the Canaanim was supposed to live there forever and ever, eternally, then that's true. The land would not have stood for it. Kfar osam ha'aretz. The land would have spit them out. Ach But what were they there for? 
Hayelashamra. Adbazera Avraham. Oev Hashem. They were guarding it. They were staying there until Avram Avinu was able to come. The Yeshua Ke'eved Ha'oved Nachlas Ben Amelech. It's like a servant who's waiting for the prince to come. But he's working the land in the interim. So the land didn't spit them out. Because they weren't there eternally. They were there in an interim period. They were plowing a little bit. They were getting the land. They were keeping the animals out. They were keeping civilized areas so Abraham Avinu wouldn't have to start from scratch. So that's why they were there. But really, had they been there for eternally, they wouldn't they wouldn't be able to stay there. Says the Chassam Sofer, now we can get back to the Pasik. Avinu, with a pata. Pasach means open. Avinu was going. He thought this land was going to be open, full of Sadiqim, open to Torah, open to Ruchnius, open to serving God. Those who guard his Torah. But he came to Kinaan with a kamitz. Kamitz means closed off. Right? It's like kamutz. Says, says the Torah. Amravita came and he was surprised. What is going on here? I expected it to be Kinaan, and it's Kinaan. It's closed up. What is this? Why else would God be telling me to go here? It was full of full of If I just discovered God, and now God's telling me to go somewhere, Mistama, it's because He wants me to be amongst like like people like me. So Avram is in wonderment. What's going on here? So that is why. What does the Pasuk say afterwards? After he comes, so he went to Shechem, he went to Kanani, Hashem says, Vayomer, Avram, It's your land. So they're only here in the interim. They're just the Shomrim. They're keeping status quo. Why does Hashem have to give the promise again? He gave the promise before he came, beforehand. Lech lecha, I'll make you great. After he comes, Avram sees what's going on here. He's like, did I make the right decision? It's Canaan, it's not Canaan. Says Hashem, don't worry about it. The land didn't spit them out. It is a spiritual land. I, why do not they spit out? Because lazarecha, tena ta'aretazos. Well, atares lozos, nira elav Hashem, va'amar lo lazarecha, tena ta'aretazos, v'yen kena kena'anim, heim rakavadim besocha. They're just servants. Mishem kain, lotaki ha'aretz osam. That's why the land did not spit them out. But it's really your land. So three ideas. Why is that last phrase repeated? Number one, because to show that plans are finished. If you start something, we've got to finish it. The Chavetz Chaim, Lumude Nisan, because Terach left and Avraham came. It was a different type of purpose of the Halicha and the Chassam Sofer, the Kena'an and the Kena'an Remez and finally, I mean, to promise him, don't worry, it's because it's going to be your land. Good. So we continue the parsha. Avinu is in Eretz Yisrael, and he's there with his nephew, and his nephew gets into trouble. Nephew gets into trouble. And the fight between the four kings and the five kings, Lot is captured, Perak Yudalid, Pasuk Yudalid, Avram hears about it. Vayishma Avram ki nishba 
Avram hears that his brother, meaning nephew, has been captured. What does he do? He, get, he gets everything, everybody ready, and Shmona Asur Shlosh Meos, 318 men, or maybe it was one man, as I'll say, he runs and he wins the war. What exactly does this mean? So the Gemara in Darim Darshins, Vayorek is from the word Lahorik, to empty. To empty. What did, he, what did Avram empty? He emptied himself and filled all those around him with Torah. That's what Gemara says in Adam Daflamid Beis. It's quoted in source number 10, Kemoti Shalal Rabba, line 5. Shehorikan Batora. That's what he did. And the Kasha that is asked, is this the time to get a shear? Your nephew's captured. They come and say, you got to go capture your nephew. You're about to go out to war. i got, I got, to, I got to give a shear? Is this, is that, it's a time to, to get the troops ready. It's a time to figure out a plan of action. Dafka now? You have to give a shear? Line 8. A refugee from the, from the war, from the, uh, where the war was taking place, runs. He's out of breath. You've got to come get looked. You've got to come. He's in trouble. With all the confusion, the fear of war, the suddenness, that's coming. This is when you do it? He could even concentrate. He had to go get loads. Says the Kamoti Shalorav, Rav Mordechai Dov, Eidelberg, he quotes here. He says the same exact story happened later in history. Same exact story. The Gemara says in Mesechah's Megillah, on the Pasuk, Vayibi Yoti Yeshua B'Yericho. Yeshua was in Yericho, Vayisayin Avayar, Vine Ish Omid Lenegdo. Yeshua was by Yericho, and he lifted up his eyes, and he sees a man coming, and Chazal say, it was a Malach. Va'omar Lo. And the Malach tells him, why are you losing? Emesh B'Taltem Tamesh Ben Abayim Yachshah B'Taltem Torah. Yesterday, you didn't bring the carbon Tamin. Today, you mevatel Torah. So that's why you're not succeeding, Yeshua. What's the worst problem? What do I need to fix right now? That's all the father says. I came for now. What does that mean? On the problem now. Gemara Darshan's al iske ata. Right? What's needed for now? Meaning the Bittal Torah. The fact that no Jew was learning at that time. They were all just on the battlefield. Miyan, Miyad. Says the Pasik, by Yolan Yoshua Balaila Hubatocha Emek. Yeshua caused the people to rest in the valley, but what does that mean? It means Torah. Yeshua did it later on. What's the message? Bischus Torah, we are able to win our wars. He's going out with 318 men, he's going out with Eliezer, Gematria 318, whatever it was, according to Chazal. First he gave a shear, and then he went out to war. He didn't just give the shear. He went to fight the battle. Right? He was the first, it was the first Hezder. Right here. He was learning, and he went straight to the battlefield. That's the source for it all. It was all Lamala. Avram Avinu knew the way he has to do it. He has to also have the Schus HaTorah on his side. Lolamdenu, line 24. Shahamochama hazos hit nahala, ach barak be'ezer Hashem, 
So that is why when he came, I'm going to go help him. We're not learning halacha lamaisa from here in terms of this pikuach nefesh. You have to go to the second. It sure doesn't mean you should go learn something. If somebody has to be taken to the hospital, you go take him to the hospital. But I don't know he had a couple of minutes. I don't know he had a little bit of time to go get low. Low was stuck there. He would get him. So he wanted to have the schus of Torah with him. As the Gemara says, safra v'saifa. Gemara says elsewhere. The safer, the book, the Torah, the saifa, and the sword. And Jews, as Jews, throughout the centuries, we have had to have both. The safra and the saifa. Okay, moving right along. Now we are up to something that is, we've never done in the shir here, but is a very well-known, important machlokas. Can't learn Pashas Lach Lecha without going through this machlokas at some point. So we're going to do it right now. It's based on the Pasuk in the Bris Ben Abbasar. Baruch Hu tells Avram the future, what's going to be in Perak Tezvav. And he says you're going to have many children, but they are going to be, uh, go through difficult times. Perak Tezvav, Pasuk Yudalid. He tells Avram, Your children will be in a foreign land. They will serve them for 400 years. But don't worry, the nation that they will be serving, I will judge. I'm going to take care of that nation too. They're going to be in that land for 400 years. Chazal tells us either that means 400 years from Yitzchak Avinu's birth until... You see, as Mitzrayim, or it was just squeezed in because it was so difficult into 210. So don't worry. Hashem says to Abraham, they're going to be in a foreign land. They're supposed to be in a foreign land. I'm going to judge that. I'm going to punish that nation. And then B'nai Yisrael are going to leave. The question that all of the Rishonim ask, the Ramban, the Ramban, the Raivin, Hashem says to Abraham Avinu, your children will be in a strange land, will be in a foreign land. And then the next words are, and I'm going to punish them. Why do they deserve punishment? If Hashem is telling Abraham from the start, it is the destiny of the Jewish people, or to become the Jewish people, that your children, Abraham, have to go through the Korah Barzel, they have to go through Mitzrayim, and in that way, through the experience of being in Mitzrayim, they will be able to become the Bnei Yisrael. If that's the case, so why were the Egyptians punished? They were just fulfilling God's word. That is a question that has bothered many. We'll start with the Rambam. The Rambam deals with this in Ilchus Shuvah. Just two ideas. What? Teves. Says the Rambam in Ilchus Shuvah. Umahi Omar David. We're not going to read uh, everything here. Says the. Um, let's repick up from the second skinny line. It says in the Torah that they you you will serve them and they will torture you. The Egyptians were supposed to do us evil. The Katuv, or similarly, the Pasuk says at the end of the Torah, It says, Hashem promises Moshe Rabbeinu, or Moshe promises the Jews, that they will leave God in the future. Right? We're supposed to have a desire of a woman from man. So why were we punished? Why were we punished if we, if we didn't have a desire? God told us we were going to do it. He told them it's free and they were going to torture us. Lefi, this is the Rambam's answer, line 15. Lefi shalol gazar al ish ploni hayadua. Shiyehi hu hazoneh. God didn't tell, say, which Jew was going to do the Avodah 
Every person who in the future did it, they could have personally not done it. They could have overcome and said, I'm not going to do it. It doesn't know what everybody else is doing. God was saying generally what was going to happen, but everybody still had their own Bechir it's similar to the Ramam line 22. Like somebody says, oh, this nation that's just starting, there are going to be righteous people in it and wicked people in it. Is that very, is that very hard? Oh, I'm wicked. Forget it. Right? No. No, everybody has Bechir to do what they want to do. If God says it's going to be Tadikim and Rishayim, that's not gozer and on a person. And then he gets to the line that's, that's uh, related to us now. Line 31. Every single Egyptian. If any one of the Egyptians had said to themselves, I'm not going to hurt the Jews, they could have not hurt us. They didn't have to. God didn't say, um, whatever person, Egyptian name, fill in the blank, is going to, uh, to, worship, um, to, to torture. He didn't tell anybody specifically. It was them as a general. So anybody who did it deserves punishment. That is the sheets of the Rambam. Um, as we'll get back to the Rambam in two minutes. Who argues with the Rambam? The Ravid and the Ramban. The Ravid right here on the Rambam says, Amar Avram, where it's underlined, These are unspiced words. The Ravid always has such words for the Rambam. The Chayi Roshi, the Lashon of Shavuah, Kim'at Sha'ani Omer Shehem Divrei Naris. Something a kid would say, says the Ravid, about the Rambam. Why? What's his problem? His problem is, as we'll see in the Ramban, in a minute, the Ramban says, if God says something's going to happen, God says, the Egyptians will put the Jews in servitude. Says the Ramban. So I, if I'm an Egyptian, I shouldn't do what God says, God's plan? It should be just the opposite. I should, be, I should jump at the opportunity. God says, this is what I have to do. Let me do it. Let me do it. Don't believe it. Let me do it. But I shouldn't do it. God says, this is going to happen. So of course I should be the first one to jump. What's the Ramban talking about? Look at the go back, go to the Ramban for a minute. Says the Ramban after he quotes the Rambam. Look at line thirteen in the Ramban right next to us. I don't like what the Rambam says. Even if he had said a specific person is going to do it, the Kadam Zeva and he did it. It's a mitzvah for the Mitzrayim. God said this is what's going to happen. So what's going on here? So the Ravid and the Ramban do not agree with the Rambam, and they both give the same... The Ravid gives two answers, but one of them is the one that the Ramban gives as well. Let's go back to the Ramban. The Ramban says on our parsha on this Pasuk, why were they Pater? Go to line 5. Hashem tells Avram Avinu specifically, I'm going to judge them. Why? Like the Pasuk says, I will be jealous for Jerusalem. 
I got a little angry, God says. But they went way overboard. They went above and beyond what God ever planned. Throwing the, their boys into the river was never in the divine plan. It says, Avadum. I will bring them to justice to know if they did what they were supposed to do or they went beyond what they were supposed to do. That's the that's the That's the Raiva. Look in the last four lines of the Raiva. He also says it. That's much worse. So major machlokas Rambam Ramban. What exactly is the reason for the pasuk? Why the makas? Why the makas? Rambam says because each of them could have said, "I'm not getting involved." The Ramban says, "No, they should get involved." The problem is they went beyond what God had promised. Is there any way to defend our Rambam? Can't leave the Rambam high and dry. The Ramban says, "What's well, my?" The right Rambam calls it Mysanarus. Ramban answers strong kasha. If God says this is what's going to happen, we should be the first. Zacha b'dvar mitzvah. Says the Meshachachma. Haramban herichal divrei harambam shelo niru dvar beinav. The Ramban did not like the Rambam. Shemasa achar kiyam mitzvah. Hashem yisbarach alu zaris v'niskar. He should be rewarded. The Ramban is correct if something was true. If God would have commanded the Egyptians, kill the Jews, put the Jews in servitude, subjugate them, then that would have been fine. If God commands you to do something, then you do it. Avakan. Omar Derech Sipur, it's just a story that God is telling. There is no commands found here. It's just a story. The Avdum Osam. If it's just a story, then the Rambam says, who says you need to take part in the story? You're not commanded. Because Minadin, really, B'nai Noach are not allowed to do this. But probably it was Kfuye Tova. The the uh, ingratitude that they had, Yosef, Yosef saved their country. They forgot him so quickly from the end of Parshas Vayechi to the beginning of Sefer Shmos. The Lamdu Chachma Mito, Yosef taught them everything. Below Yadu was Yosef. There's a difference between something just being said and you inferring something versus a command. You even have that. Says the Meshachachma in Halacha. You have that in halacha. Let's say somebody is mudr hanaa. Somebody says, I'm not allowed to get benefit from someone else. So there are ways in halacha for the person to be my shliach, even if I'm going to get benefit. Says the Meshachachma. Whoever wants to do my truma, feel free. Moil inyan truma. Whoever's toim won't lose. There are differences in it. We're not going to get into the details of the sugya, but says the Meshachachma, how something is said many times makes a big difference. 
in terms of, am I commanding you? Am I letting you? Am I just letting you know something and you have the choice to take part in it or not? Says the Meshachachma, that's what happens here. It was all their choice. There was just a story being told. And finally he says, maybe this is a deeper understanding as well. Go to the third to last line. The Gemara Sachem tells us that we should learn about the mitzvah of Kiddush Hashem from who? Who teaches us about the mitzvah of Kiddush Hashem? The frogs. Tzvardeya. The Gemara says, third to last line, Tzvardeya Shalom, it's Tabo Kiddush Hashem. The frogs weren't commanded on Kiddush Hashem. And yet they jumped into the ovens. Kol Shekane, we who are mitzvah on Kiddush Hashem. What's, what's the comparison between the frogs? What's the message? The message is, has the Meshachachma, because each frog could have said, I'm not jumping into the oven. I'm just going to jump around the street and make your life miserable. I'm not being Moser. I'm not giving my life. Every frog had the choice. But they did it. They were Moser Nefesh. That's why they got the schar. So too, every Egyptian had the choice, says the Rambam. There wasn't a tzibu here. There was just a story being told. And he took it into his own hands, and therefore they are punished. Okay, two more thoughts. One short and one a little more extensive. Once we're in the Meshachachma, let's just do one more. Pasuk says in Tesvav Yudzayin, Tesvav Yudzayin, again, talking about the Bris Ben Abbasarim, Vayehi HaShemesh Ba'a. The sun was setting, the sun was coming, Vahalata Hayevin Etan or Asher Ba'lapad Eish, whatever happened. Shemesh. Meshachachma has the amazing Ha'ara. All of a sudden, it's called the Shemesh. Last we knew, this was called the Ma'or Hagadol. What happened since Ma'or Hagadol in Parshas Bracious to all of a sudden it's the Shemesh? Says the Meshachachma, unbelievable. Adam Avinu has since recognized God and shown that everything in the galaxy and the universe just serves God and is Mishamesh. Him. So all of a sudden, it's not the independent great light itself, but now it's the shamish. The shamish. What does the word shamish come from? It comes from being a shamish. Even the shamish is just a shamish. It's just a servant of Hakadosh Baruch Hu doing what Hakadosh Baruch Hu wants. Rock says the Meshachach on line two. Mishaba Avram ba'Eretz Aram b'Charon v'Limeki Hashemish Muchrach me'Ayotzer Shetamid Ola b'Mizrach v'Shokiyah b'Mayrov. That's why it's called a Shemesh, because it's changed since Avram Avinu came onto the scene. Dover Nifla. Finally, the last thought for the night. Pasuk tells us going back earlier in the Parsha, Hashem's promise to Avram Avinu. Hashem says, how am I going to know that I'm going to have all these children? But Pasuk, hey, before that, Hashem brings them outside, look around the heavens, could you count the stars? Well, that's how many kids you're going to have. What is it? What, where did Hashem take him out? Took him outside. What do you think about what? Avram couldn't see the stars from his tent? God could have told him. You know, you know, about, you know, you know about the stars, but he had to see the stars? What's that? What's outside? Chazal pick up on this word. What's a chutzah? The Rashi says, okay, he took him out to the tent. Visual 
right, is stronger. Go out from your astrological sign. You, Abram, I know you study the stars. You saw, You see that Abram, son of Terah, born in the year 1948 on the Hebrew calendar, will never have a child. You see that. Avram, leave. Leave your astrological area. Avram ain't lo ben. Avro Avraham yesh lo ben. What does it mean? He took him outside? He took him outside, showed him the stars. He took him outside of his stars. He took him outside. Sarai won't. Sarah will. So I'm going to change your name. That's the Rashi, that's Chazal, that he took him out of the, and he said, I'm going to change your name. Asks the Torah Tamima in his less known Sefer, the Tosefes Bracha, in Source 15. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, in order to give Avram a son, changed his name for eternity. Avram to Avraham, Sarai to Sarah. Why couldn't God just change the stars? But it didn't fit into the stars, so he had to change Avram's name forevermore. Just move the stars around a little bit. Wouldn't that have been easier? You have to forever and ever, you have to change his name? Just change the stars. Make the stars say, Avram will have a son. What's the difficulty? Line 6, source 15. Just change the stars. Don't change his name. So what do you see from here? It says that Tosef is bracha yisod about the world. God does not like to play around with the perfect system that he created. God created a perfect natural world and he does not like to change it. Ain bird so no lie nine l'shanoz darke habria shehitzbiya v'olam v'shas habria. He doesn't want to change it. Even, even if it's against his own rutzon. Turn the page for a minute and then we'll come back. Those Lomdi Dafayomi out there, we did a Gemara last week in Avodah which says this exact point. The Mishnah at the end of Avodah tells us. The Gemara repeats it in the Brysa. So I just gave it to you in the Brysa. Tanur Abana, Surah 17. Sha'alu filosofim es hazakenim. Baromi. The philosophers asked the Roman elders, If your God loves idols, why doesn't he wipe them out? He's so powerful, he hates idols, why doesn't he wipe them out? Amrulahem. So what does the Canaan answer? If people only worship things that the world could exist without, he would. But Harin Ovdim Lacham Olavana, the Kochem Lamazos, they worship the sun. What's God supposed to do? Yeavet Olamo, Mipneha Shotim? What, should God destroy the world and, and, and destroy the sun because some foolish people bow down to it? No! Ela Olam Kimin Hago Noheg. Vishotim Shakilkalu, Asidin Litin Asadin. No, God lets the world run and he'll take care of them in the future. Another story. Somebody steals a seed of grain and puts it in the ground. God should make it not grow. You stole it. It's not going to grow. But God doesn't do that. God doesn't want to change nature. 
Olam kimin hagono heg. He's behind nature, as we've quoted in the past. Mother nature has a father. He's behind nature, but he doesn't like to change nature. The shotim sheba olam says the Tosefes bracha. He didn't change the stars. He changed Avraham's name because he doesn't like to change the ma'arachot olam. Where else do you see this? Says the Tosefes bracha. He refers to his own words at the beginning of Bracious in Sora sixteen. Where do you see this? First of all, you see it even in the name of God used throughout Perak Aleph. Chazal already pick up on the fact that Perak Aleph embraces all names of God. There's only one, Elohim. All Elohim. There's no Yud Kevavke until Perak Beis. Maisa Bracious is Elohim. Why? So Chazal say, oh, Hashem wanted to create the world with Midas Hadin, which is Elohim, and it didn't work. So he had to add on The Tzadah's Bracha says differently. Elohim, he says this on line 22, Elohim is the same gematria as Hateva. Elohim, the eternal God. God created the world in a way that it should be eternal. Shneim olim bechezmo gematria lemispar echad. They both equal 86, pevav. And that's why tachlis rem is nitzchias hateva. To put into the nitzchias of the teva, Elohim and teva, it's similar. Similar, it's the, it's the connection on a deeper gematria level. Because it's eternal, just like Avodah Baruch Hu is eternal, and that is why he says the Gemara Mishnah says the Pirkei Avos, all the Nisim that were ever going to take place in history were created by Nashmashus. Right, the Gemara says the Mate of Moshe, Kriyas Yamsuf, Yuridas Aman. What does that mean? They were created by Nashmashus. The Rambam says this in his commentary as well on that Mishnah. God doesn't like to change the natural world. He pre-programmed all the Nisim from Maisa Bracious. But they were all supposed to happen. It's all Teva. And then he just adds one more, one more thought connected. He says, I have a problem though. I have a case where God changed Teva. On line 26. There was a man whose wife died and they had a young, young little baby boy. They didn't have formula in those days. Right? So what was the baby going to do? There was nobody to nurse the baby. He didn't have a penny. He couldn't hire a wet nurse. A nace occurred and he was able to nurse his son. Says the Gemara. And the Gemara uses the phrase there, Shenishtanu alav Sidre Bracious. Sidre Bracious would change for this man. He has to set his brach on himself. This goes against my theory. This goes against my theory. How can a man nurse? Man nurse? Change a Sidre Habria? So, Ach Be'emes line 30, Lohaya Kanshinui Beteva. Says that to set his bracha, Really, it wasn't a shinu b'teva here. Why? Yan ki amnam yish makar acholav gam b'zachar. If you ask, do the medical research, there's sources of milk deep, deep down. I feel when zachar. I asked my wife. My wife says that when sometimes when a little baby is born, a baby boy is born, there's milk that you could that you could express from the baby's breasts. The baby boy. It's just that, just like a female that doesn't nurse, it closes up. Man, because of hundreds and thousands of centuries of not using that part of our body, 
it's closed up, but inherently it's not a change. And that's why the Tosefis Bracha, it, what is the Lushan of the, of the Gemara? Line 36. Umeduyik halashem megemara shenishtanu alav sidre brachus v'lon amru shenishtanu alav chuke bria. The regular order that things usually happen was changed, but not the laws of bria. That wasn't changed. Even this gemara. Okay, this last piece. Got to go through the research. Whether you you like uh, you want to add this last piece or not. But either way, the yisod that explains why Avraham had to be changed and not the stars. Why it's not the Pirkei Avos or the Nisim had to occur. Dafka pre-programmed from Maisabratius. Why only the name Elohim appears in Perak Aleph and no other other is all based on that Gemara and Mesechaz Avodah Zarah. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu Olam Kimin Hago Noheg. God doesn't want to change the world and therefore better to change Avraham's name than to change the stars. Okay, we'll stop here. In Hashem, we will continue. Again, Sefer HaMitzvah is up. First couple of mitzvahs are up on uh, OU.org. Feel free to take part uh, in our new series there as well.